Hello, everyone. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Bored. Good morning, Michael. It's episode number 34. How are you doing this week? Good. Good. Thank you. So um, first, let's talk about a couple technical issues we just had. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what happened. I do. But I, I accidentally muted myself yeah. and I couldn't figure out how to undo it. <laughs> and I, I guess maybe unbeknownst to you or maybe just didn't give a shit, I could see on your face... And here in your voice, the disdain for the troubles I was having with just getting my mic to work. And then you took out your phone to, I guess, call me or text me Actually. as if you would a like your mom. Yeah. You were like, oh, I got I to text them now. Yeah, so it was a good start to the morning. Let's, let's put it yeah. It woke me up. All right, good. So let's talk about, let's talk about whatever you want. That's out there, except for COVID. I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. It's all you ever hear. But what would you like to talk about this week? Well, I, I see that in the meeting notes, you have some technical corrections. So before we talk yes. about COVID, let's talk about those. So one thing I left out of New Rochelle last week that I can't believe I left out of was there used to be a strip club in New Rochelle for a while. Um, not to be confused with Sue's Rendezvous, which is a very well-known one. That was a bar, um, wasn't it, though? Susan it was a bar that became a strip club. But it and was like more than a strip club. It was like like if you wanted to go have sex, that's where you would go. Uh, that I don't know because they never did that. And if it was that and I missed out, damn. <laughs> would have lost my virginity many years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> then what? Um, yeah, instead of uh, 40. No. Um, so they they converted a bar to a strip club. So can I ask the question? Where? where? Sure. We're in your show. Uh, ironically, right near the church, not too far from the church. Which church? <laughs> Blessed Sacrament. Uh, Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. So when did this happen? I think probably after you went out west. Oh. Was it where Crazy Horse was? It was either where Crazy Horse was, or I think the little bar area was called like Illusions, the one that was right near the oh. church. I think. What about no Center Fields was also right near the church, but they probably renamed it like five times. Yeah, I don't think it was center field. So the reason why I think it was after you went out there is because I was in college. Okay. And so I went to the strip club and it was almost it wasn't a teacher, almost like varsity blues though. It was somebody I was in fucking class with was up there stripping. Nice. So it was like really awkward, kind of like that, okay, uh, I'll see you in calculus on Monday then, huh? I guess. <laughs> Let's be realistic. You never took calculus. Yeah, I had to in college, unfortunately. <laughs> it was calculator one oh one, that's what I called it. Yeah, it was horrible. So yeah, I can't believe I left that out last week. I thought about it later. That's funny. I can't believe that happened after I went to college. Yeah, no, see, you said you would have lost your virginity earlier too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, David, how was your week and a half or so? I don't know. Do we talk about this now? Sure. Let's get right into it. All right. I have COVID. My wife has COVID. Um, as far as I know, nobody else has COVID. But uh, yeah, so we. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I still don't know how I got it. Um, we had a, we had the UFC fights, Conor McGregor fight a couple weeks ago at my house. It was mm -hmm. right after you guys left. We had, I don't know, three or four people over. My daughter was complaining of some scratchiness in her throat, but she ended up tested negative. She could have had it and then, and then it went away and then she tested negative. But, um, but yeah, so I would say two days later I woke up 
with um, just kind of like runny nose, like scratchy throat. Um, I get allergy attacks probably once every two to three months, and I hadn't had one in a while. So this was a typical, for me at least, a typical allergy attack where I'm just constantly sneezing all day long. My nose is running. Um, my face hurts like a sinus type headache. And if I sleep on my back, I get like that post-nasal drip that ends up being mm -hmm. like a wheezing cough in the morning because I guess I've been breathing in whatever. So um, didn't think anything of it. That went on for about three days, which it rarely does go for three days. Usually it's a day and done. Right. So that was a little bit weird. That was kind of the first thing, but didn't think anything of it. It was just like, all right. So I had an extended allergy attack. No big deal. I've had asthma my entire life. So it's just part of being me. Right. Two days later, my, um, my wife wakes up and she is down for the count, like sore throat, like doesn't want to get out of bed, like completely, absolutely knocked out cold, like is just doesn't want to move her whole body hurts. I'm like, all right, that's more like a flu like symptom. So you probably want to, you know, get that checked. She went, she got tested and she tested positive. So, um, at the time my son was with us. So I'm like, all right, dude, we're going to get COVID tests. Cause we got to find out. So we went, we got tested. I tested positive. He tested negative. So I sent him over to his mom's and then we've been in, this is, so this was last Monday, actually the day we released the, um, the last episode. So, um, I've had it almost a week. Well, I've been positive almost a week. I'm pretty sure I had it the week prior. So um, by Wednesday of this week, they say 10 days after a positive test, you should be able to go out and, and into the back into the free world. Um, so, but I haven't, I mean, we haven't really left the house since then. And I got to say, man, like when the pandemic hit, the, um, you know, being stuck at home sucked for everybody. Mm -hmm. The difference when you have COVID though, is like, you can go out. You just can't let, you know, in, in the pandemic, like you, you can go out driving, you can pick up groceries, you can do stuff like that. When you have COVID, like you have to stay home, like otherwise you're at risk at spreading it to other people. So we've literally been locked in the house for the last week, week and a half. And for the next three or four days, we'll be continued to be locked in the house. So um, it sucks, but other, and we're vaccinated. We're both vaccinated. So that was the kind of the, the shocker of all is because we thought we were basically immune, but uh, nope, apparently not. And the more research I do, these breakthrough cases or what they call people that get vaccinated and then get COVID, um, they're becoming pretty common. Yeah. So. And supposedly the, the conditions, symptoms, all that stuff that you get is much, much, much lighter. Like you're probably more the norm on these breakthrough than your wife. Right. It sounds like your wife basically got hit with a, a good dose of it. So who do you think had it first? I know no, she 100% I did. Yeah, because since since then I haven't had any uh, other than um, shortness of breath. Like I still can't take a full breath, um, and um, just like wheezing, like I was, there, there's like a pressure on my chest. Like I can't like almost like my lungs are like three quarters collapsed, and I can't take a full breath. So and that's well, that been, could have been from me sitting on your chest before I left. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been. Uh, so who who knows what you know? I definitely had it first, but. Um, who knows how long this is going to last because right. I still sound like I'm sick. Like my voice is a little bit deeper than normal. Like it's been a week and a half to two weeks since I had any kind of major symptoms, but I'm still having a hard time breathing. Does your wife ask you to leave your voicemails like, hey, baby, how's it going? <laughs> no, but I am recording for Barry White this week. <laughs> so you call, you let me know that you have it and it's within the quarantine period for us. 
right? Mm-hmm. So from when you told us to when we left you, it was still within what would have been considered that quarantine period. Mm-hmm. So we we all felt fine. Nobody had any issues. <clears throat> On what is the 14th day from when we saw you, my son comes in and he's like, my throat's itchy. My head hurts. I don't feel good. So I'm like, great. <laughs> so if... Hey, look, if it wasn't in a COVID period, we just would have gave him like, you know, DayQuil and right. told him to go about his day. Right. But in COVID, everything needs to be checked. Like even in school, if you missed a day of school because you sneezed once, you had to come in with a fucking COVID test negative. So once you called me and told me, I'm like, fuck. So he, it was, it was uh, the morning of him and I went to the doctor, waited three hours because it's like this clinic where they do uh, the rapid test. So you can get a result the same day. Um, while his normal pediatrician's like, yeah, you can come in tomorrow. We'll let you know in three days. I'm like, well, fuck that. Like, mm-hmm. so we went to the place. So thankfully he was negative. Um, so it appears he really does just have a cold. But um, yeah, once you let me know that, I was like, oh, shit. Especially <laughs> because, you know, if people listen back on the episodes, Arizona specifically has had it lighter in the beginning. It got hit for a little bit, but mm-hmm. then it kind of quickly settled down. And, you know, when we were out there, like, people don't believe COVID ever existed. Oh, like, no. People, this not is normal day-to-day life. Yeah. yeah. Everything was relatively normal. A few cleaning-type products you see in more places than you probably would have in the past. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like a normal thing. So it's good that you're on the road to recovery. Yeah. The um, – yeah, people out here just don't give a fuck. And it's fine. It is what it is. I'm actually looking forward to being immune for supposedly once you have it, you're immune for the next like six to nine months. So I'm looking forward to that, uh, that immunity. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do different though? It's not like you could be like, I could finally take off this mask. Oh, I'm going to spit on people and <laughs> lick countertops and you know, it's just the normal stuff. <laughs> yeah. You do know you could still catch like diseases right? <laughs> just maybe not covid i'm gonna try my best michael <laughs> <laughs> all right well everybody's gotta have a dream yeah these uh it's it's weird because like when when we first got it i'm like all right well what the hell man like i feel robbed <laughs> went out i did my civic duty i got the vaccine the vaccines like everybody said you need to get vaccinated and um i started doing this research and i mean as we speak right now all 50 states are um are rising in their COVID cases day, uh, day after day. So if you actually look at like the COVID reports, like, so the, the, the trends, the cases are now going up again. So it looks like we're about to hit a fourth wave. Who knows if it's the Delta variant that they keep talking about, or I even heard like there's a Lambda variant out now. Like they don't like when I just got a positive test, like they don't say, Hey, you've got Delta. They don't tell you what brand of COVID you have. Like you just have COVID. So, um, as it stands today, though, it looks like – I mean I wouldn't be surprised if we end up heading towards another lockdown because, I mean – was it Australia or one uh, – I don't think it was Australia. I can't remember. Australia is in a lockdown now. Yeah. Somebody like just re-locked down the country and I'm like, son of a yeah. bitch, man. We were so but close. See, Australia was different because they had a couple light cases and they did like what I'll call kind of mini lockdowns and, and – um uh tailored lockdown so like they had on subways trains stuff like that you needed a mask in some stores you need a mask but mainly the first kind of thing was was light because they just shut off the borders yeah. they were just like fuck it we're a country onto ourselves nobody's getting in nobody's getting out nobody's getting in 
So, um, and my in-laws were actually on vacation in Hawaii when the um, the first wave hit in March of 2020, and they like basically Australia told people like you got about two weeks, and then people aren't getting in anymore. <laughs> so, luckily, it was in their period, so they made it in. Yeah. But now they're in a full lockdown, like work from home. And so it's funny because obviously I have a bunch of Australian friends. So now I see like they're doing what we did in March of 2020. So you see people having like Zoom dinners, yeah. and Zoom like <laughs> friend calls and stuff. Like that's all the stuff we did in the beginning that relatively went away. Like people are like, I'm back to my old shit. That, I'm not going to do that anymore. So it's Speaking interesting. Of which, one of the things that we did that I love that we stopped doing that we should try starting up again is our weekly poker game. Yeah. So when we all lived in the same place, we would get together for poker on a regular basis. When COVID hit, we started doing the Zoom poker, um, and that was a blast. And the problem yeah. is, it was like Friday nights. So now that everybody has a social life again, nobody wants to play poker on a Friday night. So we got to pick another time and and get that back up again. That was a lot of fun. I miss that. Not only that, I need some money, and you guys are easy. <laughs> yeah. So COVID cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I talked to some guy once, some random guy. And uh, at the time, we had the weekly game going still. Mm -hmm. And I was in my 20s or so, and the guy's mm -hmm. like, oh, you have a weekly game going? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, never let it stop. <laughs> he's like, because once it stops, he's like, it's so hard to get it going again. And it's true. Well, that was like the Vegas trip. Remember, like, one, we did the Vegas trip every year for, like, 17 years. And then, and then one year, we didn't do it. And then uh, – our other our, our other person that that does the trip, GQ. I forget, GQ. I forget his nickname. Um, <laughs> he like freaked out one day and was like, "We got to book the trip today. We got to book it today." <laughs> yeah, and then in other years, he was like, the day after we got back, he's like, "Let's book the next one." He's like, "I don't want this to stop." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So we'll we'll try. We'll see what we can do there. So. Um, well, since you've probably been home, I don't know what else you got going on. But <laughs> I got so nothing else was... going on. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to Ridiculously Bored. <laughs> um, this week was my mom and dad's actual birthday. They are two days apart. Right. But my mom's was in the nursing home. And for those who haven't experienced a nursing home birthday, ooh, you're missing out. <laughs> Let so, me tell you. Yeah. So they they get a cake. Like my dad's like, I want to bring in a cake. So he gets a cake. We're in a room. And, you know, like there's – people don't know what's kind of going on, right? So one person's kind of asleep at the table, right? But then ironically, when they bring out the cake and stuff, they were like, huh, what? Cake? <laughs> <laughs> it seems that that's something you don't forget. Nope. Um, so we did that. And then the other thing I thought was funny, so you have – they have about 24 people on my mom's floor. And the nurse was like, oh, let's sing happy birthday. So they start singing. So now, first of all – you got a bunch of people with Alzheimer's pretty far along trying to sing a song that is probably relatively easy. It might be – I might go on a limb and say it's one of the first songs kids know. Um, they start. Nobody knows the lyrics. Everybody's all over the place. Everybody's <laughs> all over the fucking place. <laughs> then to make it worse, my dad now realizes what's going on and he's like, oh, I want to take a video. Everybody stop. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so he makes all the people in the room stop singing, gets his camera out, fumbles around with it a little bit. And then it's like, okay, okay, go ahead. <laughs> he starts singing. Did it, it again, give him enough thing. time to hand out a lyric sheet for everybody? No, I don't know <laughs> if that would help. Um, so yeah, so that was that was my mom's birthday this week. I um, did have a dad issue this week. This is actually oh. fairly major. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, actually, what is your dad doing with you not being able to like go over or anything? Um, he calls me like ten times a day. 
um, which it's super sweet. He's like, oh, I miss you. You know, how you doing? He's like, I'm concerned about you. How are you feeling? All he's got is his TV. So and, and on TV, he sees people are dying every day from mm-hmm. COVID, right? So immediately when I told him I have the virus, he's like, oh, my God, you know, you can't die before me. And I'm like, that, relax. I'm, I'm fine, right? So um, and he's kind of an anti-vaxxer. So uh, absolutely refuses any help and assistance from the government and or hospitals. So now that I have it, he's like, yeah, I think I want to get the shot. And I'm like, all right, good. Like, you know, as soon as I'm able to leave the house, I'll make an appointment for you. Um, I can't remember. Do you have power of attorney over him yet? I do not. I do not. Which is one of the big issues because um, he's he's of his own free will. Um, And at some point in time, if he does something that requires – Government assistance, uh, aka police assistance. Um, <laughs> I, I probably can get granted power of attorney, but he's been fairly good. So, um, and he's 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 living on his own, kinda. I mean, I help the hell out of him. We have a caregiver that goes over and helps him. Um, he's not doing his laundry. He hardly cooks his meals. He leaves food out all the time, and it spoils. And I don't know how he's not sick, but I've been trying. I've called every government agency known to man to try and get him help, and they're just like, look, he's not far enough along yet. There's nothing we can do, which I think is bullshit, right? Because So what has to happen? He has to either kill himself or harm someone else before you go, okay, it's time. We'll jump in and help. Whatever. Don't get me started on that. Those are the things you always hear. Like they wait till it's too late. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, we called you 17 times that the neighbor was beating their kid, and now they kill the kid, and they're like, well, we probably should have took the kid away. Yeah, you think? Yeah. So anyways, don't get me started on that. So anyway, so, you know, I talk to him all the time. Um, I, uh, I do like Instacart for his groceries now cause I can't go get them. So I've just been like, they drop him off. The, the risk in that is he doesn't put them away. So I'm like calling him like, all right, <laughs> the groceries at the door. Okay. Open the door, like take the bags in, put them in the kitchen, put them on the counter, take the frozen goods out first, put those in the freezer. Like it's just overkill. Right. So, so that's one, you know, he's, he's fine. But, um, last week, he it was like Monday or Tuesday. He was kind of having a bad day, memory wise. Like he woke up and he didn't know where he was, um, and he was trying to get a hold of me. Well, I was on a call, so I couldn't answer the phone. And it's like the same. I have the same call every week. Like I'm like, Dad, don't call me between these times. He doesn't right. look at the, the clock. He'll call me at 4 a.m. in the morning. He doesn't care. So I'm like, I can't answer the phone. So I just put it on mute and I'm just like going on about my business and like I'm presenting in the call. Right. So it's not like I can be like, Hey everybody, hold on a second. I got to get this now. So, um, so he can't get a hold of me. He calls me like six or seven times in a row and I'm like, all right, it's going to be one of those days. I know immediately anytime he calls me over and over and over again, like something's wrong. So, um, eventually he stops calling and then I look down and I get a call from his apartment community. Um, <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, I still can't answer the phone. I'm presenting. So I let it go to voicemail and I'm doing my thing. And then like, I finally get off the call. I immediately call the apartment complex and they're like, here's what happened. He came down. He was confused. Um, he's right here. He wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, put him on. So they put him on the phone and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, where'd you go? And I'm like, what do you mean? Where did I go? He's like, you were in the apartment and then you left. I'm like that you had a dream. Okay. And then you woke up and you know, it, it's just a dream. Finally, I convinced him of that, but you know, the lady gets back on the like assistant manager for the community and she's like, look, this has happened almost every day this week. She's like, we have to write him up. I, I put this off long enough. He came in here. He was very angry and a lot of the people that were working here felt threatened. So I'm like, right. all right. But aren't those things that'll help you if she writes them up? Totally. So I'm like, you do what you got to do. So she does it. 
And then like a day later, I get this invoice for $43 on his account. What'd he break? And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I call him up. I'm like, what's the 43 bucks? She's like, well, that's the fee for processing the health and safety violation that we had to issue your father yesterday. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So essentially he got like slapped on the wrist and fined. Um, they haven't sent me the actual violation yet. So I still don't know what rules he broke or what happened. But you know, at this point, he's basically on the path to eviction. So I called him up and I told him. And I'm like, dude, like you need to stop leaving your apartment and just stay in there and don't go to the front office anymore. He was going to the front office like every day. So um, – and I explained to him. I'm like, look, here's what happens. If you get evicted, OK, I'm not going to move you into another apartment complex because you're just going to do the same thing there. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's a new place. You're going to be lost for the first couple of months before you get used to it. He's been here a year now, so he kind of knows where everything is. Um. I'm like, this is it. Like, if you get if you get booted out of here, it's into a nursing home or or nothing. Like, that's those are your options. So, nursing home for him is like the big no no. Like, oh hell no, I'm not going to a nursing home. So, like, hopefully that's enough to kind of persuade him to keep his cool and not piss anybody off. And but who knows? Well, you when you've said before that he's talked about like I'll just go back to nurse shell. I'll go back to nurse shell. When I was there, that was one of the things he was telling me. He was like, you know, I'm only here for a little bit and then I'm going to go back to Nurshell. Like, look, I, I don't know what the fuck he sees in Nurshell. I think it's just, you know, the the memories and I've been there. And I'm going to have stuff. him listen to our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or maybe this one with the strippers. Yeah. Like, I'm going. <laughs> My bag's packed. So I, I'm going to take a minute here to talk about these paper pushers of the world. And the the fees and paperwork and all the shit that goes along with it is so frustrating yeah. because like – when my wife came over, she came over on a visa, and it was pretty expensive. And then any time we did anything, was it a K one? Literally, it was a K one. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, uh, it was fiance visa. I don't know K one, L one. I watched ninety day fiance, so I'm an expert in all things that have to do with visas and uh, international guests. He also wants to see how my wife and I met. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like. The fucking to them to push paper, and I mean literally one as simple as change of address. You had to send in a new form. This is what the form had: old address, new address, check for one hundred and ninety-five dollars. Oh Jesus Christ! Just for them to push that paperwork through the system. Mm-hmm. So like that kind of shit is fucking ridiculous. And even now with, you know, we talked about it with the with the Suns finals games to get tickets now. Which is more times than not, it's either sent directly to your phone or sent directly to your email so you can print them. Yeah. They still charge, in essence, between 15 and 20% of the ticket yeah. just to be able to get those tickets. So it's let's, ridiculous. let's talk about that. So I, I don't know if we talked about the fact that I went, to, I took my family to the Suns, the NBA Finals game, game two yeah. in Phoenix. And for that reason, you won't have a car anymore. Yes. <laughs> that is I had to sell it. the house. No. Um, <laughs> so we. And and, um, and this isn't a flex. Um, yes, I make good money, but you know I'm I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we my my wife's been a like lifelong Suns fan. So she used to work at the Phoenix Suns. She worked in the marketing department at the Phoenix Suns for like a decent amount of time. And um, so for her, the Suns is it's a big deal. I've never had one of my teams in the playoffs or in the finals where I had the opportunity financially to go see them. So, um, and my, you know, my son's a big Suns fan as well. He grew up in Arizona. So, um, no big, you know, pretty much an obvious one. So I'm like, look, 
we talked about it. And we're like, we should definitely try and get tickets to the game. This is like a once in a lifetime thing. Who knows if they'll ever be back? So um, we do as soon as they won the Western Conference championship game, right? That got them into the finals. We immediately went online. Tickets don't go on sale until the next morning, but we were able to get on like StubHub and buy a season ticket holders tickets from them mm-hmm. before they went on sale. So when they went on sale, they converted and then they sold the tickets to us the next day. So, but we we got them before they actually went on sale. Those tickets cost the these so this was upper deck last row in the yeah, stadium. The wall for the stadium you can say upper, was behind upper us. deck all you want. Let's let's go back to last row of the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> No, because there's a last row first deck and there's a last row second yeah. deck. This is literally the. It was right in the middle of the court, but it was the last row. We leaned our backs against the wall of the stadium. Okay, so number one. By the way, they were still pretty decent seats. Like we still had a yeah, great. What's view. good about it? It looked like what you see on TV, right? Yeah. So, but we were there. The stadium was electric. I mean, people were just going nuts. Completely sold out crowd, and one of the loudest crowds I've ever been to an event in. And uh, so the tickets were seven hundred and seventy-five bucks a piece, okay. Plus all the fees, we paid over four hundred dollars in fees per ticket. Yeah, so crazy for all the tickets that we had. We ended up buying six because my daughter also wanted to go and she wanted to take her boyfriend. So we ended up buying six tickets, and it cost us upwards of seven grand. To buy yeah. all and, those tickets. And so when the tickets went on sale, you reached out to me and you said, hey, tickets are going on sale tomorrow. We're going to get one of the games. Do you want to go? So I was like, well, my son has recently gotten into basketball a lot. So I was like, you know what? Let me look. Let me look. So I kept looking at ticket prices and the range was at times went down to about 600. But with all the fees was a thousand to 800 with all the fees was the 11, 1200. And it got to a point where I'm like, I just, I cannot justify to myself spending two grand on a team I just don't care about, right? Nothing against the Suns, nothing against the Bucks, but they're not my teams. So ultimately, we were like, you know what? We're just going to pass on it. We're just going to stay home. I just, I couldn't justify it to myself. If if I was in Connecticut and one, well, I mean, the funny thing is you and I have pretty much the same teams, but yes. you know, if, if you, Even the Hartford Whalers don't exist. Yeah, I was going to say, so. if I was in Connecticut and there was a Hartford Whalers playoff game <laughs> and you and your family wanted to go, I'd be like, have fun. Like, I don't blame you. I wouldn't spend that. I wouldn't spend a couple hundred bucks, let alone over a thousand bucks for a ticket. So I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Well, and the biggest problem there would be is not the $2,000 for tickets or in your case, 7000 It would be the fact that we must have gone back in time because <laughs> the Whalers haven't been around for about 20-something years right now. The biggest offense of the Whalers moving out of town is they won the Stanley Cup within a year or two after relocating to fucking the Carolinas. That's what's fucked up. So what's the name of the team now? The Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, okay. And they won, I don't know if it was the next year or two years, but they definitely won within three or four years of them moving down there. So um, the Olympics is going on right now. Yes. Right. And um, being the sports specimen that I am, <laughs> I'm really not watching it at all, to be honest. But there, there was an article that came up, and I think the guy was Japanese. He could have been from China. Um, he was Asian. Let's just go with that. Yeah, he was. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, he, I think I think it was Japan, but 
He was the um the 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 rings. He was the rings, I think it was. Um, or the uneven bars, one of them. But he was a gymnast. And he had won in his career. He won three gold medals. He has like 10 world records slash world medals. So whatever other thing there is other than the Olympics. And this was going to be his last Olympics. And this was his last event. In the middle of doing his routine, he falls off. I think it's the, of the uneven bars. He falls off. So basically you're not winning, you're done, right? Yeah. Um, so the question I have for you is now this is his last thing that he's going to remember, right? My last Olympics, my last shot, I fall off. And he was talking, I read the article. He said he hadn't fallen off something like that in literally like since he started, he's like, that just doesn't happen. Well, I don't, other issues. you don't get to the Olympics if that's a regular, uh, behavior (laughs) falling. But he's like, I, I basically haven't fallen off the uneven bar since I like started this shit. The next day, obviously, that's the most devastating thing. I get it. Three years down the road, five years down the road, ten years down the road. What do you think he remembers? The good times or the bad times? Because we've talked about this in general mm-hmm. with, like, pain and stuff. Yeah. What do you think sticks with him? Like, oh, my fucking last Olympics, I shit the bed? Or I had a pretty good career? 100% the exact moment that he let go of the bars is going to be the last thing that he remembers. It's it's like it's like anything in life, especially poker, right? Um. I've had so many hands where I beat the shit out of somebody and got lucky. I don't remember any of them. I know I had them because it happens. Mm-hmm. All I remember are the hands where I had pocket aces and some idiot calls me with a two, three offsuit and wins the hand with a straight, right? On the river. <laughs> That's all I remember. And I can tell you explicit details about how much I bet, how much of an idiot he was for calling and all the details in between. So that reminds me of the story in <laughs> Vegas where – we 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 fly out, so mm-hmm. you drive out, so you guys can essence and leave whenever you want. But we in the morning we woke up, we all ate breakfast. You were like, "Hey, I'm joining this tournament at nine o'clock, so probably not going to see you guys before you fly out." And our flight was in like four hours or something. And you're like saying goodbyes. We all hugged, kissed, said goodbye, all that good stuff. We all went our separate ways. About about a half an hour. It wasn't later, a half hour. You, it was two hours. All right. Well, whatever. But before our flight. You call something like, I got knocked out of the tournament. Yeah. Where are you guys? Let's hang out. And by the way, I can I can describe the entire hand, <laughs> how much money I raised pre-flop, how much money he called, the, how the betting structure went. It was a bad beat. He <laughs> caught a flush on the river. And I had pocket aces. Draw, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, in fact, I think that's the hand I just described in the last segment we were just <laughs> talking about. <laughs> but it wasn't only a tournament. It was the World Series of Poker. Okay, and that happened to be, if I remember correctly, a fifteen hundred dollar buy-in, no limit hold'em tournament for a brace for a bracelet. For uh, so uh, it wasn't just a poker tournament; it was a very expensive ter- tournament. Not the most expensive tournament I've ever played in. So, as David has talked through that in relatively vivid detail, to give a time frame to people, Stoner was with us at that event. So he only came once with us, I think, mm-hmm. and it was a little bit after I got back from Australia. So mm-hmm. that might have been 2007, 2008. So it's already 13, 14 years, and David uh, hasn't been able to let it go. Oh, no. I, like I said, I'll remember all the bad beat hands I've ever gotten. Can hardly tell you how many, you know, what, what the big ones were, what the, the good hands were, where I won a ton of money. Speaking of money and more money than God, you know, you talk about like for us, seven grand is a good amount of money. Oh, yeah. 
What do you think about Bezos building his cock rocket, right? Which looks, if you haven't seen it, look at it. It's it's every guy who has money, if they build anything, it's going to look like a dick. Um, so he has a rocket ship that looks like a big dick that he just flew into space. What do you think about something like that? Like you have all the money in the world and these rockets in general, anytime you strap in could be your fucking last day on Earth. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about somebody doing that kind of thing? What do you think? I, I would have made the rocket a little bit longer. That's all. You know, I'm Italian, <laughs> so it is what it is. But uh, you know what? If you and I had fuck you money, right? There's this concept. Joe Rogan talks about this all the time. Mm-hmm. There's there's money and then there's fuck you money. Money is, hey, I hit it big and I'm doing really well for myself. Fuck you money is – you know what? I'm going to go buy the place that you work at and I'm going to fire you immediately because you're a dick. That's fuck you money. And Jeff Bezos has more fuck you money than anybody on the planet, arguably other than Elon Musk, who also built a spaceship and is getting ready to go. Or Richard Branson, who also built a spaceship (laughs) and just went to to the edge of of Earth. Uh, So It's it's literally super rich people having spaceship cockfights right now (laughs) is what it's turned into. But – all right. So let's go back to my example. If you and I had fuck you money, would we do this? I don't – see, look. I've bungee jumped, right? And I'm willing to jump out of an airplane, right? So like I think those are in my head more – reasonable risks of something that could happen. Like I won't bungee jump from a place that, you know, you hear about people like, Oh, on Saturday mornings, they set this up on a bridge and people jump that I'm not doing. I also am a big believer. I don't like going on carnival rides that they set up on Friday and they take down on Sunday because I'm thinking some quality control is lost in that weekend process. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I wouldn't, I probably would build it because it's like, it's awesome. It's different. Nobody else is doing it. Well, other than the other fucking rich billionaires, but Nobody else is doing it, but I don't know if I would have the balls to go in it considering how many rockets have like blown up, space shuttles burned on reentry, things like that. Would you do it? Not only would I do it. You'd ride it like a cowboy? <laughs> I would bring all of my friends and we would play poker in the Inter- International Space Station. That would be oh, poker be night. I'd be like, guys, we're going on a boys trip. It's going to be a little bit far away, <laughs> about 120,000 miles away. But we're going to go up and we're going to have a good time. I would do it and I would probably have strippers and bartenders and the whole the whole works. So here's the thing, though, right? So you do that. Let's say you do. Let's say we actually did that. How do you have a normal fucking poker game a couple weeks later? Or you don't. You can't ever have right? a normal poker game after that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you just it would ruin your your day to day. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's just the way it looks and everything. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of strippers, <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to do this segment because we're getting up in time. Okay. So we had a request for uh, for me to do a fact and a falsehood. Yes. And uh, for to tell you the stories and you guess this time. So um, the theme I chose for this one is uh, bachelor parties in Vegas. All right. All right. So uh, for everyone that knows the rules, I'm going to tell two stories. One of them is true. One of them is not. Michael is going to try to guess them. He's allowed to ask one or two reasonable questions uh, about each story before he makes his final guess. All right. right. Got it? Let's do this. This is good. It's interesting being on the other side of the coin. It is. All right. (laughs) Story number one. Uh, I'm going to tell a brief 
story, and then I'll explain after you guess in more detail what actually happened and what's true and what's not. Now, can I be like you and be like so negative during this stupid story? Get to the point. (laughs) How am I supposed to guess this? I wasn't there. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Story number one. For my first marriage, for my bachelor party, I was kidnapped by some coworkers, flown on a private jet owned by the CEO of my company to Vegas, and uh, we spent the entire weekend at strip clubs, and he basically sat me down in the strip clubs and had a run of girls all night long on his tab. Nice. All right. God, I hope that one's true. (laughs) Go ahead. Number two. Story number two. Many years later, another bachelor party. Okay, not mine. Yours again? Not mine. You get married again. (laughs) I'm at someone else's bachelor party. We go to a strip club in Vegas, and I get hit on by one of the strippers, so much so that she refuses to leave without giving me her number and having me memorize it because my phone was dead. And ask that I call her when she gets off at her shift at 4 a.m. Okay. All right. Ask away. All right. So the first question, the first example, see, knowing you, knowing you as well as I do, there's a lot of facts there that are supported. I know you work for guys who are fucking loaded. I know you did a lot of, I mean, like, you know, not building dick rockets, but really good money. Um, So much so that they had a kid friendly not a kid friendly house a boy friendly house where we went to where they have like yeah video games and ping pong and drinks and some lady who comes around and fucking massages your shoulders while you're playing so i know those guys i know that that exists so that part exists so um so that that has a lot of facts i like the second one um did you remember the number i did not Okay. Um, was was uh, was I there for either of them? No. <laughs> okay. Why would I fucking tell a story that you were here for? You would know the answer. Yeah, that would be easy. And then I would guess. Um, I'm trying to think if I ever remember you talking about going on a private plane. Because that is something that I think you would bring up. Like, that's something worth mentioning because that's pretty cool. Um. Um, and the fact of the matter, the, the tab for the whole night, yeah, that's all good to the story. But the private plane, to me, that's the bigger piece. So the, the problem I have is I don't think you have friends. So I don't know if any of them happen. <laughs> is it a falsehood and a falsehood? <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I think the phone number one is false for two reasons. One, I think you actually, if she had given you the number, you're good enough with that stuff that I think you would have remembered it. Um, and two, I don't know the timing on that, but I just feel like that's one that'll get you in trouble if that one's real. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say the second one's false and you were on a private plane. Okay. You would be wrong. <laughs> you were. You did exactly what I did for every one of your stories. You picked the right <laughs> answer and then you talked yourself out of it. The private plane did not happen. Although he did have a private plane, we flew Southwest and they made me wear like this smock that said like I'm getting married. And it's funny because when we were on the plane, like 
there were, I don't, it was like another bachelorette party, like on the plane. And because I had this, I'm getting married thing, like the entire trip from Phoenix to Vegas, it's all like, we were just, everybody was buying everybody drinks. By the way, if you've ever flown from Phoenix to Vegas, it's literally a party in a bus, right? Because everyone is so excited. They're going to Vegas. It's a 50 minute flight and the drinks are flying. Everyone's hammered laughing. It's literally like you're in a bar for, for 50 minutes. The flight to Vegas is one of the happier flights you can ever be on. The flight flight from from Vegas Vegas tends not to be. Quiet (laughs) as a motherfucker. Nobody's saying a damn word. Everybody's either hungover or broke. (laughs) Or you hear people say things like, how am I going to tell my wife? So so the first story is 99% true. Um, We did not fly over on a private plane. Um, He did not. Although I don't know who paid for all the strippers that we had, but he did not. He did sit me down next to him and said, are you, he was going through a divorce at the time. And he was (laughs) like, are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) And this isn't like a small company. This is a uh, fortune 500 uh, multi-billion dollar corporation with, uh, I think at the time, like 4,000 employees. So it wasn't, wasn't a small company by any stretch of the imagination. So um, definitely, definitely an awesome experience. I'm still friends with the two brothers that own the company. They're awesome guys. And speaking of people with fuck you money that don't mind spending it, those guys never hesitated to spend money on their employees or their friends. So, um, love those guys to death. So that's story number one. Story number two, I don't think I ever told you this, um, <laughs> mostly because I was so blitz this night, but I met a bachelor party. We go to a strip club and immediately like there's like 10, 15 of us, right? And and I'm – okay, look, uh, strip clubs are fine, all right? They have their purpose, whatever. Usually not a fan because as soon as you walk in, I feel like like you just get bombarded with people wanting money. And you know that's all they want is money, right? So it's just – it's fake. It's like for all those reasons, I'm just not a fan. It's the reverse of a girl walking past the construction site, right? right? Yeah. No, because the construction yeah. site's like, oh, baby, ooh. and when you walk in there, you're just a mark to them, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Good amount of money. You know damn well that they could care less of anything about you or your looks or anything. They would just want your money. So, not a fan. So, we're, anyways, we're there, and um, you know, everybody like I, I remember ordering a drink. I go to the bar, I pick it up, I come back. Everybody's gone. And I look around and I see all these guys being let off by women, right? So they're all going to get their lap dances. And I'm like, you know what? What the hell, man, right? So I'm sitting there by myself, drinking my drink. And of course, you know, one of these ladies walks up to me and she's like, hey, why are you so lonely? Blah, blah, blah. The, the exact rehearsed story that she's probably said a thousand times to a thousand different men in the, the past calf week. has been separated from the family. Right, right. It's, it's like, it's like a, a Nash, Nat Geo like uh, <laughs> program where I'm about to get Did you slaughtered. you hear knives sharpening in the background? Anyways, so she's super attractive and she's like, hey, you know what? Why don't you like, you know, let's, let's go get a dance or whatever. She's like, the first one's on me. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So we go, we do the thing. I give her, you know, we do a couple dances. I give her some money. Um, and then she's like, Hey, you're really cute. She's like, um, what are you doing later? And I'm like, what? Like, she's like, well, what, you know, I get off at four. What what are you doing? And I'm like, um, I I don't, I was so complete deer in headlights. Like what the fuck just happened? Like this doesn't happen in strip clubs. Like what the hell just happened? So she's like, all right, look, I can't, I can't pull my phone out. I can't take your number down. She's like, and I'm like, look, my phone's dead. Um, and it was, she's like, here's my number. I want you to memorize it. 
So she gives me her number and I'm like, okay, I, it's still at this point, I'm just completely baffled. Like I have no idea what's going on. Right. So anyways, she goes off, does her thing. I go back, find the boys, you know, we spend another half hour, hour in there. In that hour, she comes up to me twice and says, what are the last four digits of my number? And I'm like, uh, and she like repeats her number to me again and like three or four times. And finally we're like, all right, let's get out of here. We go leave the door. We're walking out. She grabs me by the shirt and she says, what's the last four digits of my number? <laughs> That's all I remembered with the last four you digits. Sure she, you sure she wasn't a prisoner and she was trying <laughs> to use you to get out and you just fucking abandoned her by not remembering her <laughs> right? number. So I repeat the last four digits of the number and then I walk out and then we go off. We go back to the casino. We go gamble. I go home. I fall asleep. Completely forgot about the entire thing. Woke up the next morning going, what the fuck just happened last night? And by the way, this was a couple of this was a couple of days before you guys were coming out for our Vegas trip. So I think the yeah, next day. I remember day, one year that we, yeah, we met you. You were at a bachelor party. Yeah, I remember that. The next day, you guys flew out. So and then like it was like, ah, whatever. So but yeah, a totally true story. I have no recollection of how or where I ended up in that scenario. Didn't remember the number. Had really no desire to remember the number, but uh, it was pretty funny. She should have sung it to you, like that old song, eight six seven five three zero nine. That fucking song's like thirty years old, thirty five years old. Yeah. That's the way you remember things. I couldn't tell you her name, um, her stripper name, what she looked like. Definitely still couldn't remember the last four digits of her number. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned both because she had a name and she definitely had a different stripper name. <laughs> Like Tiffany or Amber Cinnamon. or whatever. That was not her given. That was not on her first ticket. Let's put it that way. Uh, All right. Great. Uh, um, you did exactly what I did. You got the right answer and then you talked yourself out of it. That's a stupid game. <laughs> Though uh, it does make me long for Vegas. And so a couple of weeks from now, David and I are actually getting together in Miami for a few days. Because we haven't seen enough of each um, other. <laughs> yeah, and uh, hopefully you'll be out of COVID by then. Otherwise, you can stay home if you don't mind. No, dude, I'm um, immune then, for the next six to nine months, according to the CDC. So, uh, yeah, Miami won't be a problem. Good. And then from there, we'll plan the next Vegas trip. Yeah, sounds good. Yep. Looking forward to but it. But for now, my stripper name is Michael Carter. And my stripper name is David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. bored.